This week on Kettle of Fish, actor and writer Angela Gullner stops by to talk about eating disorders and disorderly conduct. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the fun, no politics, laughter show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, and models about life, love, and the creative process. I am your seafaring podcasting captain of the airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce the hot fudge Sunday to my cheat day, the magnificent D. <laughs> I like that. Yay. I thought that was Sunday. very appropriate for what we're going through right now. Ugh, it is. Yeah, we've got tons and tons of stuff coming up. Like just tons would you like to let us in on it or are you just going to do one big teaser no i think i'll do a big teaser no um (laughs) coming up next um on the ninth of this month which is very very soon what is that next week yes no this week this week this wednesday i'm kind of excited um our buddy fern before you do this because fern's going to be joining us let me get fern in here a girl (laughs) who has returned from the Pine Tree State to climb back aboard the HMS Saucy Fern the Moist Voice. Is your voice all moist for us today, Fern? My voice is super moisty just <laughs> for you guys. Like, really happy to be back. How's everybody doing? We, we feeling I think good? The we excessive abuse of alcohol last night had a little bit to do with it, too. Uh, I think my blood type is now Bloody Mary. I'm pretty sure nice. my blood type is Bloody Mary. But yeah, it was, it was, it was fun, mostly. Um, ish um if i i get out once a week and i may have i may have gone a little overboard last night but who among us hasn't done that but all in all it was a it was a very good eye-opening night it was it was fun nice. Very nice. When you're asking your friend to help you go pee, and like, hey, I'm so fucked up, could you hold my penis and help me pee? I think that's when you've crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, can we clarify that's you, not me, that I don't have a penis? Can we just go yeah. ahead and set you that up right now? you have a but you don't have a penis. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a blue shiwi. I couldn't get the purple one. I wanted to get the purple uh, one. I got the blue one. I was in a time sad. pinch. I had to have it for, uh, uh, what was it, Friday Night Drunken Trivia. Yes. Yeah, that was my special yeah, I knew treat you were a for liberal. you guys. You've even switched from going purple to going blue. Yeah. Let's see how it happens. You I, I, look, I mean, you know, purple's my favorite color, but you know, blue Same. blue's a nice color. I yeah. I don't judge. I don't know. I'm I'm yeah, I love all colors. It's all good. Any shiwi color. I wish I could have a rainbow shiwi with like a unicorn on it. That would be awesome. That would be like perfect. Oh my god. I, there's no reason you can't soup your shiwi up. I'm sure you can get creative with it. Yes. With, oh my god. Like, Hobby Lobby will solve shiwi. all your problems. Glitter. That would be great. Yes. Just yes. Anyway, we're getting off track here, guys. So yes, we have tons and tons of stuff coming up this You're Wednesday. Such a stern taskmaster, D. I, I like it. <laughs> this Wednesday, we are having our next episode of Musical Osmosis with special guest co-host Miss Fern, um, and we are going to have, and I love this name, Lee Press on and the nails. Actually, we're just having Lee Press on, but he's with the nails. Uh, And sadly, the reason that Fern is filling in and Shane's going to fill in next uh, musical osmosis is because Odell is going through a similar thing. You were, Fern, where you were out of the show for a while. You had to go up north because your mom was having health issues. And now Odell's leaving musical osmosis for the exact same situation and reason. He's going down to North Carolina. So as soon as you came back... He has to go down north to North Carolina to take care of his dad. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane, and it's it's a very trying um, it's a very trying thing to be, you know, a rock and be solid when you're scared to death. Um, and, but you can't let anyone see that you're scared or know that you're scared. You have to be that pillar and that you know that ray of sunshine and just talk about being a taskmaster just like the you know you just got to just get it done and so you keep your mind occupied mom? and it's it's hard but you know it's she's on the other side of it now hopefully mm-hmm. we'll find out in a 
you know, in another month or two, if everything has has gone well and the treatment well, is taken. Well, she's a fighter. Yeah. Oh, she's scrappy for sure. You know that. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. So yeah, we're gonna have Lee Press on this week on Musical Osmosis. Uh, next week on Kettle of Fish, we are having author and comedian Dylan Brody. Uh, that's gonna be awesome. Then on the twentieth, we are gonna have a magician. Yay, D- dude! If there is one type of person, you know, other than a, a musician that I'm like a total groupie for, it's a magician. Like I'm. What about optician? I was an optician for seven years. You know, how but sexy you were a is magician. that? I mean, you were a musician, so that counts. Um, no, we're gonna have magician Christopher Wonder on on the 20th and then Dave Dichter is coming on Musical Osmosis on the 23rd. Of course, he's from Millions of Dead Cops. Everybody knows who that is. Everybody should know, know who that is. Um, and hundreds of computers just clicked off as soon as they heard the band <laughs> name Millions of Dead Cops. Yeah. Um, and then the 27th, we are actually going to have a funny thing about politics if we don't kill each other first. Uh, then uh, coming in September on the 13th of September mark your calendars that will be the last musical osmosis for quite a while Uh, we're going to have Odell on that day and we're going to have Super Ugly from Unified School District which I promise is a band Um, yeah and Odell will be saying his goodbyes and that show will be put on the back burner for a little bit it's going to be sad but we are seriously talking out. We've we've got something in the works. It will be both audio and visual, so you will get to see our lovely faces. Uh, so just keep an eye on TinCan.media. And uh, I don't want to go into it too much yet because we have to figure I'm out. I'm doing a whole that. web series in an Obama mask. No, you're not. Just to piss off no. my haters. Just just no. I, I'd rather not worry about where we're traveling. Okay. And oh, that's just, true. We're yeah. going to the Ozarks, so if I don't get stabbed, that'll be a major <laughs> like milestone in my career. Yes, but today, today is not that day. Uh, today, we are going to talk fun things and also not-so-fun things um, with our friend Rebecca Kennedy in a little while. But first, Angela Gullner. So, yay. Angela, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be talking with you guys. Right on. Thank you so much for calling in today. Um, this is a really important subject. I want to dig into all things binge here in a minute. But first, I want to talk about something. I was watching, um, I forget what it was on. It was on a YouTube video. I was watching an interview. It was HLG on the HLG channel on YouTube. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you were doing an interview with Yuri, and you were kind of breaking down your history, your personality, and all the things that kind of who you are, what led to your eating disorders, and you were talking about being OCD and like super passionate about things. I think the word you used was like you have these really big feelings, and you're hyper-focused, and immediately Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, Angela sounds like the female version of me. Because like... (laughs) I'm all those things. Like, and you, D, me and D are together. We've been together eight years. She can tell you I am all of those things. All the and things. And I kind of, yeah. And I kind of wanted to ask you, like, opinion-wise, do you think these traits, like, are they more of a plus because we are so passionate and motivated? Or do you think they're more of, like, a negative? Because I know, at least for me, like, I tend to overthink things. I get in my way a lot. Like, do you think this is more of a plus or a negative for the creative process, these kind of traits? Um, well, I, I think it's a, a double-edged sword. I think, like, I think all of these traits, when harnessed uh, in, a like, a positive, healthy way, can be, like, almost like superpowers. Um, but but then... If I like that. Harnessed, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, like, harnessed in a negative way. Like, for me, like, it became, you know, a fixation on what I was putting in my body and, you know, how to manipulate what I ate. Uh, you know, it was, I was focusing all of those things that could be strengths on something that ended up being very negative. So I think it's like, if you have the tools, uh, to, to harness all of this passion and focus, I think it can really, really be great, really proud to possess. And so should you be. (laughs) You hear that, guys? You guys um, should be really accommodating, putting up with all my manicness. 
Hmm. <laughs> Heather keeps the ship. I think ship we afloat. are actually. I, th- I think we do a pretty good job of that, there, Nick. I'm, yeah, I think we you do guys a, are an excellent job of that. How many phone calls do you get from me for like, what? What the hell? I don't understand. Ah. Or I'll be like, hey, I just got this idea for a brand new project. Here it is. <laughs> okay, what do you think? How are we doing this? And you're like, whoa, 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 back up. It's like hit or miss. It's either a politics or project or you are not going to fucking believe this. And I'm like, oh, God, here it comes. And I just (laughs) open my ears and shut my mouth and let you go. Just let you roll, get it out, and then we can talk about it. If you took the Energize Bunny and put him on meth, you would have me when I get, like, in those, like, little tantrums. Like, ah, all right, let's move on. Like I said, I'm going to get to Benj, but I wanted to talk to you about a couple more things real quick. First thing I want to talk to you about is your role as Portia in the Kingsman, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Shakespeare's Company's rendition of Julius Caesar. And I didn't have any access to actually see the play or anything online to watch except the two-minute trailer. But from the trailer itself, this doesn't look like you're running the mill version of Julius Caesar. Yeah, no. Um, so we we did set it modern day, and yeah, you know, it's 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 cool. I, I think it I think it works well. Um, anytime you're taking these old plays and setting them modern modern times you're going to come up across a cut like you know little hiccups here and there but um um but yeah yeah i think it i think it transitions well we have a, a woman playing um one of the lead roles it's usually played by a man which is really exciting um anytime that kind of stuff can happen it makes me really happy um and yeah we, we it's our closing night tonight so it's it's been a really good run Right on. Um, did you grow up in the theater? Is that what your background's primarily in? Or did you grow up just kind of creating comedic content? Um, no, definitely theater. I, yeah, I'm classically trained and came up came up in the theater world, have always been a real Shakespeare nut. Uh, so so during the summer, I, I try and do, I try and do uh, Shakespeare during the summer to kind of feed my soul out here in L.A., that's probably important. You know, another thing I yeah. wanted to talk to you about is your podcast because you mm-hmm. came on my radar fairly recently and I started going back and listening to the episodes and your podcast, which is Welcome to the Clam Bake, which Fern loves. Fern called me, was telling me, like, I sent her the link and she's like, oh, I love this, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I saw on the header was it self-labeled a feminist comedy podcast. And immediately I was like, Wow, there's a trigger word, right? Like, do you worry that you're kind of excluding people? Or is it like when I got out of doing politics full time, I started a political show. I was like, you know what? I only want to talk kind of to the left or to people that are like left to center or moderate because the right has been like so vindictive. So is it like, well, good. I don't want people who are going to see the word feminist and flip out to listen anyways. Or do you worry about excluding people who would just see that and go, nope, nope, I'm out. We're proud feminists. We don't we don't see the word and, and freak out. And we're also such a bubble here in Los Angeles that I kind of forget that that's actually a trigger word for people. I'm is it really? Do people still freak out over that? I guess you're totally right. Let me ask you this, because I went back to the archive and I was like, all right, let me listen to the first episode. And I've been listening in the last couple of weeks. I think I've caught like the last three episodes, the most current ones. But when I look mm-hmm. back at the first episode, I noticed it was recorded a couple days before Trump was sworn in. Was this podcast like a direct like result of the Trump election and like you know, all the misogyny you knew was coming down the pipe. Was this like a result and like resistance to that? Or is it just a coincidence of timing? That's, a- that's absolutely what it stemmed from. Uh, my writing partner and I just were sort of beside ourselves and we're like, we need to do something. We need to do something uh, to keep our morale up. Um, and so we started the podcast kind of on a whim without really sort of, we didn't know even exactly what we wanted it to be, and it's kind of morphed and changed as we've done it. Um, but it was our way to kind of build our spirits back up and, and feel like we were doing something. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, I was kind of terrified on election night, right? Like, nobody knew what to expect. But as you've seen Trump trying to do more and more radical things, you've seen all these institutions, the checks and mm-hmm. balances kind of slap them back down. The courts, yeah. the intel community, the media. Do you feel like a lot less pensive and like anxiety written today than you did six months ago? And he, or God, it's been eight months now almost. Eight months ago. 
ago when he was sworn in? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really encouraging that the checks and balances do seem to be working. Um, you know, and I do feel pretty safe out here, it, you know, in terms of I, I feel like um, the politicians out here are going to work really hard to take care of us in California. Um, but I, I don't feel like the majority of the country is safe. And, you know, I'm a white woman, so... <laughs> Right. I, you know, I, I've got an insane amount of privilege and protection that comes with that. So, you know, I don't feel I don't feel as much visceral panic that I felt in January. But um, but I do still feel like this threat is looming. And I don't know. I've also like had to take mental health breaks from the news lately. Like I just I know that. So, oh, it's been so insane. So I, you know, I was and I was just saying today. On, yeah. I was telling um, Dee today, I said, you know, I remember before this election cycle, MSNBC didn't really run politics on the weekends. They played like lockup and intervention and stuff. And now MSNBC is like politics 24-7 because it never stops. Like every day some new norm is being broken or some new scandal or like stuff is happening that is unprecedented. Like now they're talking about Mike Pence might run in 2020. So you're going to see, God. like, from 2018 to 2020, Trump coming up and going, this is the worst vice president ever. And, you know, Pence being like, Trump's the worst president ever while they're serving together. I mean, this is yeah. kind of booby hatch loony bin territory, right, Fern? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's totally, like I said the other day, it is um, political cannibalism on the right. It is, the the yeah. party is eating itself. And you can totally see where that's happening. I mean, even now, uh, Nick said, said something to me about Pence this morning. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. This has to be some sort of record, right? Like the vice president coming out seven months in and saying, I think I'm just going to go ahead and run in 2020. Like, it is, it is crazy the amount of people who have been fired, who have quit. The, the party, you know, Susan Collins and a lot of Republican figureheads or, you know, political figures coming out and really speaking up against this guy. I mean, it's encouraging to see that Look those at the party book lines. Jeff, um, Flake just wrote destroying Trump, and he's always been like a really super conservative guy. Yeah, I mean, but that has to be encouraging to a certain point, right? Like, people are standing up and going, you know what, party lines be damned. We cannot tolerate this type of um, inhumanity, really, yeah. is what it comes down to. I think it's an inhumanity issue. I mean, he's, to me personally, I think he's an abhorrent human being. I don't disagree with every single thing he said or done as far as policy goes, but I disagree with the majority, the big majority of it. And a lot of Republicans aren't tolerating it either. So either the party is going to die or it's going to self-correct and they're going to understand that this extremist behavior has to stop. It cannot continue and we need to come together and compromise because no one side can have it completely And it's their not way. even getting his base what they want. That's the craziest thing. They still stand behind him. And I listed the other day, I got into it with someone and I listed like this thing of failures that they wanted. Like Iran deal is still intact. Trump said he can't change it. Like healthcare, of mm -hmm. course, went completely off the rails. Like you're, you guys are getting nothing that base is getting nothing they want and they're still like this is the greatest presidency ever so i don't know how long he can walk that tightrope yeah it's i mean it's a reality show it's a reality show president and it's a reality show presidency <laughs> it's fair insane. enough all right let's get <laughs> off of politics here i want to talk about benj but first before i do i have to give you angela a big on-air thank you for turning me on to my latest obsession b squid who i'm gonna yeah. have to get on the show man Talk She's about awesome. like just breaking new ground. Yeah, I am just totally in love with her music right now and her she style and what she's doing. It's just incredible. So an that's another great thing that came out of Bench. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. I love her. She's she's amazing. She's so Agreed. talented. All right, Rebecca Kennedy is going to be here in a little a little bit to talk about to the bone. But before she comes in, I wanted to kind of talk to you one on one about Benj first, because this pilot was based on your own struggles and um, kind of challenges with eating disorders and bulimia. So the first thing I kind of want to talk to you about is here we are. Um, I think it was in November, so we're like eight nine months away from when Benj launched. 
And mm-hmm. now that you've got some distance from it, the reviews are in, all the feedback's in, and it being so personal, do you feel like you didn't go far enough? Do you feel like you went too far? Or was it received exactly as you wanted it to be received? You know, it was received a lot better than I expected. I expected a lot more outrage. I expected uh, more people to be offended. Um I I really I really expected uh, uh, people to hate it a lot more than than they did and the reception like it was overwhelmingly positive um the National uh Eating Disorder Association contacted me with how much they liked it project wow. Soul, uh contacted me yeah so I you know therapists contacted me and and really liked it so it it was really cool um it was really cool to get support from not only uh, the community of individuals who struggle with and have overcome eating disorders, but leaders in advocacy and healthcare professionals. And I mean, it, it really blew me away just how, how well it was received. Um, it was incredible. I, I wasn't expecting it. I was, I was, I was prepared for the trolls. Well, you know, and I'm watching, you know, I was watching that Q and a, and I'm and I've I've kind of went back and I've studied a lot about your history and what you've been through. And the thing that I found incredible about your story, to me as an outsider, I felt like you didn't hit a single like rock bottom moment, but it was more of a slow burn of many rock bottoms. Is that how you kind of feel about how you got where you're at? Because it, it didn't seem like you had like this moment of clarity rock bottom. It was like all these little incremental rock bottoms. And then finally things started to change. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. There were, there were I, I just kind of like, I feel like I kind of hung out at the bottom. How far down here can I get? Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the the part of the pilot that really, I mean, a lot of it is, is based on me, but but I, I did sign myself into treatment drunk. And that was kind of like, if there was a rock bottom, like that was probably uh, not realizing that I had done that while I was drunk. And then, you know, the next day being like, wow, I'm really, I'm really, crying out for help here. Um, but you know, it still took time after that to, to really commit to, to getting over this into treatment and to being in recovery and taking the steps I needed to heal. Yeah. It didn't seem like the average, like usually when I hear these stories, it's like I sold all my kids diapers and bought some crack. And then I woke up and said, Oh, like, it's always like I looked in the mirror and didn't recognize the person on the other side. But when I was listening to your story. It's kind of like I went through this in college and then I got a little bit better than I went and did this. And I went off the rails a little bit over here, but then I went and did this. And I was like, wow, this is like, like, like she's not just falling down the steps. Like she's just going like incremental, like two or three steps and then hanging out here and then two or three steps. And it just seemed like a really odd concept compared to how I'm used to hearing rock bottom stories. Yeah, totally. I mean, eating disorders are, are from, you know, alcohol or, or drug abuse because you have to eat every day. You can't, you know, you can't just go cold turkey, no, no food anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have to interact with food on a daily basis. And um, it becomes really easy to hide. You know, most people with eating disorders, you can't tell by looking at them. Um, so you can be functioning with an eating disorder for a long time before your body gives out, um, which yeah. is part of what makes it so dangerous. Well, and Nick was just telling me yesterday, wasn't it? We were walking around Walmart and he's like, you know, it, it kind of sucks for like, it sucks for me that I'm, I'm having to walk through Walmart and, and go around and get groceries and stuff like that. He's like, you know, people who are trying to recover off crack don't have to walk around a crack store and pick up crack. And I was like, yeah, but right. I have to go get groceries. Even though I'm yeah, but not you can't that. escape food. Yeah. Um, we've got Rebecca on the line. Let me ask you this one thing, and I'm going to get Rebecca in here. Logistically, because I love Benj. Fern, I know you called me, and you were like, man, like I put on Benj, and I thought it was just going to be your average thing, but I was really, really in love with this project. And I think that it spoke to yeah. you too, right, Fern? Oh, I was totally blown away. Like, it was not what I expected, first of all, just the writing, the production, the acting, like, everything was, like, right on. And it's hard to make me, like, laugh, but I was literally, like, <laughs> laughing out loud. I mean, 
yeah, I am now a huge Angela fan. Just right oh, there, you know, just all <laughs> totally on board. It was so great. And then I also um, watched the prequel, and then the because um, it's all up on your website, mm-hmm. and uh, that was amazing. And I was looking at the relationship, and I'm just like, God, I just ended a relationship that was just like that, on, off, on, off, on, off. And I'm like, this is so freaking toxic. Can I ask you next week if you actually ended it or if you're back together? Oh, you can ask me next week. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm done. I'm 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 like well, I say pretty sure. No, I'm I'm totally done. I I just it's like an albatross has been lifted. I'm actually in a very good headspace about it. I know it's not healthy. I know it's toxic, and I also know that it leads to some other behaviors that are very um very self-destructive because the relationship is so toxic and because I keep myself in that cycle. So you know, this binge really was like, it can be applied to, like you said, anything, alcohol, you know, an eating disorder is like, it's a terrible thing to struggle with. And what about political a rage? To struggle with. Can I, can um, I apply it to my political rage? I think maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to give that like some thought. Yeah, you with the politics. the news. <laughs> Exactly. All right, so logistically, what's going on with Benj? Because I watched the Q&A, and, you, and Yuri was talking about maybe turning into a full-length film, and you were talking about shopping it around to, like, Netflix. What's the dream? Would you rather Benj become a full-length film, or is the dream to have it become a Netflix series, something ongoing? No, our dream is definitely to have it be a, a series, a TV series. Um, we have three seasons kind of mapped out in our heads, and we're we're pitching it around uh, the city right now, trying to find the right home for it. It's 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 tricky. It's a super competitive market out there, and you know people really love it. But I think they're still a little bit afraid of the subject matter. Um, Good because point. Eating disorders are they're so they're not talked about nearly enough. to don't realize not just an, a niche issue. Um, and I think that's a little bit of the roadblocks we're coming up against is there's this misconception that uh, that people can't relate when so many people relate, you know. Now, like, I, mean, I think it's like true at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I think it's like 30 million people in the United States. I bet. But you know what? That could be totally wrong. Well, he's going to give us some numbers. Somewhere. Let me get okay, Rebecca great. in here, though. Rebecca, how you doing? Hi. Good. How are you guys? Good. It's been far too long since you've been on last. We kind of missed having you on board. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me back. I appreciate it. No problem. Hey, I saw you were on set all week, but it didn't really say what project you were working on. What are you working on right now? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I can't really talk too much about it. Um, something for one of the studios, so we'll we'll see what happens with it. But I appreciate the support. <laughs> Right on. All right, let's dig right in. Um, a couple months ago, we had Jesse Conweiler on here, who told her story through a miniseries or web series, rather, her struggles with eating disorders called The Skinny. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you, Rebecca, are in the new Netflix original series or movie. I guess it's a, called an original movie. To the Bone, yeah. and we've been talking to Angela about Benj. I wanted to kind of ask you guys, why do you think this topic is finally starting to get like the mainstream attention that it deserves? But more importantly, like, how do you keep this momentum going? Rebecca, you can answer first. You know, I don't know. I don't know why it is just now. I mean, I know our writer director, um, Marty Knoxon, you know, who wrote it and based it on her own life, um, you know, felt the need now, I guess, to... Um, be able to write her own story and tell it, um, you know, through the movie. And thankfully, uh, when we went to Sundance, Netflix just loved it and picked it up. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really, you know, happy that she was courageous enough and brave enough to share her story because it's really Definitely. personal to her. And that's, you know, it's really tough, um, especially, you know, you want to write what you know, but it's scary to share that kind of vulnerability, you know, with the rest of the world. I'm really glad she did. Um, I don't know if, you know, maybe 13 Reasons Why and, and some other stuff started, you know, maybe opening the doors a bit for um, mental illness. And I don't know, I'm really glad that it's it's now finally coming to light. Angela, how do we keep the momentum going? Is this something that's just going to be a flare and just disappear off everyone's radar in a couple months? Or do you think that people can keep this conversation going in a public forum? I, I think the conversation can and must continue. And I think we're in this really exciting time uh, in the entertainment industry right now, 
where anyone can be a content creator whenever they want to. We have our phones. We, you know, everyone, everyone is a content creator. Um, and like Jesse, who I'm a huge fan of, um, going out there and making this amazing content for herself and then, and, you know, getting attention. Of Not just that, Meet My Rapist is also an incredible um, little short as well from Jesse Conwell. Yeah, she's she's incredible. She's brave. She's got a really specific specific voice, and because of YouTube and um, voices like hers can really rise above the fray and and be heard. So I I think that we're in this this really exciting time where you know, obviously, like. Netflix is a huge, like, uh, there's exposure there that is unparalleled. Um, it's, a, it's got a worldwide market. It's, it's really incredible. But, you know, with YouTube, we can still get our stories told without, um, without the blessing of a network executive uh, and, with, you know, without a lot of money. Um, so so I, think, I think creators who want to tell their stories, who want to talk about mental illness in, a, in an honest, authentic way, just need to, to keep doing it. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And eventually, eventually someone's got to, got to listen up. I could not agree yeah. more. Um, Rebecca, actually, this question is for both of you, but let me start with Rebecca. When you watch Benj and you watch The Skinny, I'll put it in that category too, they have a very different vibe, a very different tone than To the Bone. Um, Benj is more dark comedy. It's more personalized. To the Bone, I feel like, is more informative and gives you more of, not like a documentary, but more of a dramatic look. And I know you guys have checked out each other's projects is there anything you saw in each other's projects where you're like, wow, I wish there was more of that into the bone, or I wish there was more of that, and I put more of that in Benj? What did you guys learn from each other's projects? And is there enough room in this topic for like all these different points of view? Um, yeah, I mean, I I really I really enjoyed Benj a lot. Um, I watched it uh, yesterday, and I you know I was like waiting for the next. I was like, oh, what happens next? You know, kind of thing. I. <laughs> I appreciated that you guys showed, um, you know, an average girl, you know, she wasn't like the guy said, she's not, you're not skinny, but you're not fat. You're just, you look normal. And I think that's another misconception that we, you know, we try to include into the bone as well, that people think that, Oh, only, you know, people with eating disorders have to be, you know, real thin. Um, and that's, you know, not true. There's tons of people that look perfectly healthy on the outside that are not. Um, and so I really appreciated that you guys showed that, um, that point of view as well and not make, you know, having that because, you know, it's, it's hard to, you can't tell everyone's story. You know, you can only tell your own, but I hope that, you know, when people watch these kind of movies or TV shows that they'll see that their story is important, even if it's not their exact story, but that, you know, that they are being heard and that there is um, hope out there. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring it up, Rebecca, because I had read an article and I had sent it to you and I thought it was just completely ridiculous. And there was a yeah. small and I will say small backlash because it seemed like nonsense to me saying, well, to the bone is using actors that are overly skinny, which wasn't even true. There was plenty of characters yeah. or at least a couple that weren't. And that is just further um, like propagating the stigma that somebody with this eating disorder looks a certain way. When you read something like that, how does it impact you as an artist, Rebecca? Do you not even look at stuff like that? Do you go, do you get outraged like I would? I'd be like, what the hell? Like, how do you process that when you see those um, things? Or do you purposely avoid them? Yeah. I try to stay away from some of the negative stuff um, just because, you know, a lot of the negative stuff came out before the movie even came out. So that was even more absurd because they're just basing it off the trailer. It's like, why you shouldn't watch to the bone? I'm like, you haven't even seen the movie. Like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, and I understand because, you know, people are, very, you know, it's, it's a sensitive subject. And I, you know, I, I understand that they didn't want, you know, it to be glorified. And, and I don't think that we did um, personally. Um, you know, there are people that are really thin that having, I mean, eating disorders. It's not like there isn't. And, you know, Marty was telling her story and in her story, that's what she looked like. And so I think she needed to be authentic and true to herself. And then, you know, she was, I think, great in, in including, um, you know, binge eating and bulimia and a lot of other different eating disorders, you know, including a guy that you don't see a lot. Um, yeah. And a so, pregnant woman, so, which Fern thought was yeah, so important. 
who was older, yeah. you know, because that's another thing. Oh, it has to be, you know, a skinny white young girl and that's it. And, you know, that's not obviously the case. Um, so, yeah, I tried to stay away from some of it. But, yeah, some of it was a little a little ridiculous. And, you know, that especially before the movie came out. And, you know, we stopped this kind of conversation. You know, it's like they want it's like you can't have both. You know, you you want a conversation, but then they want to stop it when you try to have it. So it's like you need these things, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not your perfect world, it's, it's the conversation's continuing to go. And that's what we want. Yeah. I mean, it's a really amped up um, case of you can please some of the people some of the time and but never all the people all the time type thing. Right. Angela, going back to um, to the bone, <laughs> watching yeah. that, like what vibe did you get off of it? Did, was there anything in that where you're like, wow, man, I should have applied more of that to my project. How did that affect you being somebody who actually struggled? What was it for like 10 years with eating disorders? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I cried through the entire film. I mean, um, I was one of the people who I, I was, I was extremely skeptical, um, which is funny because I, <laughs> having gone through releasing my own story, I know uh, how vulnerable it is, how scary it is. You can't, and, and Rebecca, you're totally right. You, you just, you can't please everyone. And just because, right. just because Marty's story isn't everyone's story doesn't mean that Marty's story isn't valid. Um, right. And I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I enjoyed it a, a lot more than I thought I would just because I'm so used to seeing content about eating disorders portrayed in such a, crappy way you know one episode arc on a drama where you know the little sister is not eating and then they have a conversation that she's better at the end of the episode like um i i thought it was a really refreshing take and my favorite my favorite part about it and the part that gave me the most catharsis um was the way that the film portrayed the family dynamics and uh seeing family therapy included and um carrie i mean carrie preston is like i mean she's can yeah, do no wrong. And, you know, she, she, that, I just thought that character, especially I, I thought was so incredible. Um, that was my favorite. That was my favorite part of that movie was, was, was how we saw the way that the eating disorder affected the family and the burden, you know, Lily Collins character feeling like such a burden, like she wasn't even a person anymore. She was just a burden to everyone around her. Um, and for me that, that really rang true and that that really hit home for me and I thought it was really beautifully done. You know, Dee gets really aggravated with me because I always figure out like the twist of movies or what's going to happen next. And I'm watching to the bone, Rebecca, and I was like, you know what? They keep mentioning, um, I forget the lead character's name, but they keep mentioning her dad and he keeps absentee, no show. And I was like, I bet you at the end of this movie, her dad's like dead or doesn't exist. And it's all like ties in. And that never happened. I got it so wrong. But I thought there was going to be like some (laughs) M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of that movie. He's like, here I am. But yeah. it never happened. But it yeah. is kind of weird was, in retrospect now. Right. I mean, it's it was awesome that, you know, it was an all-women basically production, except for, you know, Keanu Reeves and um, the boyfriend, you know. Uh, basically, you know, it was all women, which was great. You know, behind the scenes, uh, most of the producers were women, and it was, it was just awesome to have, um, you know, women telling their stories and being heard. It's great. It needs, we definitely need more of that. Yeah, it's a powerful piece. Um, we've got a couple minutes left. Let me get Dee in here. She pulled some numbers, and actually she sent them out to me in Fern first, and I was kind of blown away by some of these numbers, especially the numbers involving kids as as young as 10 having eating yeah. disorders. That wasn't even something that was on my radar. Dee, you want to tell us what you found? Yeah, um, just some of the craziest ones. Well, and part of the reason that you guys are – that everybody is noticing – eating disorders more um, is because it's actually the number of people who have eating disorders and I I guess we should say the number of people who have eating disorders and who have been diagnosed has doubled since the 60s. Um, It's just going up and up and up and I know there's tons and tons of people every year who have some sort of mental illness that needs to be treated and they're just not seen. But um, but look yeah. at portion sizes and advertising. I mean, Ugh. look at the Hardee's commercial I know, where they right? always like mm-hmm. get some ambiguous, like sexy, half-dressed woman yeah. in a cowboy hat eating like a ten-pound thick yeah. burger. I mean, and seriously, I mean that all plays into. It. If you think about it, like 
the size of a regular kid's meal, that's about what an adult should eat. Like it might be a little right, bit yeah. more, which is craziness. But yeah, eating disorders actually have the highest mortality rate of any other mental of any other mental illness. Um, about twenty percent of those who don't receive treatment die from just from that. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's insane. Is that shocking to everybody? Am I the only person blown away that I mean, that is crazy. the highest mortality rate in uh, mental illness? Fern, Angela, Rebecca, am I the only one shocked yeah. by that? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I think a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of people have it that you don't even know have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you know, and there's a lot of it. a lot of suicide that goes along with it mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, like Nick was saying with kids, and it's funny because I remember this. So, forty-two percent of first through third grade girls want to be thinner. And it's so funny that that's mentioned because I remember in third grade is when I first looked at myself and thought, oh, I'm, I'm not as thin as those girls and I don't like that. Like, isn't that Mm -hmm. just the crazy, I mean, cause we grew up with Barbie, you know, we get that that's a horrible, horrible stereotype for girls to have and that no human being could actually be those measurements and survive. But no, <laughs> I mean, like, really, her head would fall. They do over. have that girl um, who only yeah. eats like she says she eats air, and she's trying. She gets plastic surgery to look like a Barbie doll. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. So her proportions are still very off, but yeah, I mean, oh yeah, she said she has a complete liquid diet. She doesn't eat anything, um, which is so like I don't even understand how she is able to walk because I would yeah. probably just fall over. Um, but it's so funny that they, they say that first through third grade, you know, that's almost half of those kids. And and I've even Mm -hmm. seen our girls be like, Oh, I feel so fat. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? You're, you're like less than a size that you weigh 80 pounds. You're not allowed to feel fat yet. You know, you're too young for that. If you haven't hit puberty and high school and boys, you can't. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and well, now, especially with social media, I'm sure oh, yeah. it's even worse yeah. because everyone's seeing what everyone else looks like. Yeah. And, even yeah. crazier. Yeah. And I thought this was the most insane thing I've seen this month, even with Trump. Um, <laughs> 9%, which doesn't seem like much, but you figure 1 in 10 of nine-year-olds have vomited to lose weight. These are nine-year-olds. They yeah, shouldn't even so think God. about that. Yeah. Like, How does a nine-year-old even have that much like self-awareness at I that age? At yeah, really? I, mean, I know I didn't at nine. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that was like when I first started thinking, oh, <laughs> maybe I don't look like the other girls. or whatever. But I also, I was a very early developer in general so it was like Mm -hmm. i mean like that was the first time i ever even thought about it and then i don't think i thought about it until i was like a freshman in high school and realized that i had a larger chest than anybody else i knew um it just it's insane to me that these kids are even having to think about it 13 percent of high school girls purge on Mm. a regular basis which i also think is Uh. crazy heartbreaking yeah i mean and there's just so many things especially at that age that they're doing to themselves they don't even realize i mean they're hurting yeah they're hurting themselves they're you know making it so that they might have osteoporosis later you know they're they're i mean they're they're just they can go into cardiac arrest i mean Mm -hmm. it's it just breaks my heart just breaks my heart like what can you do yeah yeah. Um, Rebecca, you have you struggled with eating disorders? If you don't mind me getting up close and personal. No, you can ask. Um, you know, personally, I haven't. Um, but I do, I am a perfectionist and I do understand, um, like that's, you know, my character in the movie obviously had an eating disorder, but she also was like a perfectionist and I could understand that side of things. Um, because, you know, a lot of times, like I will look in the mirror and I will see a flaw that like probably no one else sees. And, you know, then it's like you get obsessed with like that thing. So I understand that part of it very much um, and can relate to that side of, of things. Um, yeah. but that's really interesting, though. So I wonder, is the role easier for you, Rebecca, 
because you didn't struggle with eating disorders and it's not something that maybe you have to relive or trigger? Or Angela, like, is it easier for you because you have so much frame of reference and context? Like, just creatively, it, it seemed, it's such a, an approach. You were immersed in that, Angela. And Rebecca, you never mm-hmm. struggled with eating disorders. I was just wondering, like, who had the easier time, if you can even quantify something like that, mm-hmm. like approaching the material? That's really interesting to me. As an actor, I think you just kind of find your way in however you do that. I mean, my my answer about it has always been like, I was like producing. My time acting was so little compared to my time producing that I like, I I hardly had a chance to think about the acting. I just had to like kind of go do it (laughs) and then get back to like ADing and keeping us on track and trying to make our days and stuff. Um, So you weren't reliving any trauma or anything? There was no triggers No, no, I like didn't, I didn't have time to get triggered. I was too busy trying to like, get the thing produced, which was kind of a blessing. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Fern, you want to chime in here? Because we got to wrap this up here in a second. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm just sitting here. I'm listening to everyone and just noodling through and and taking it all in. And, you know, the the two projects are so very different um, in their tone, but so very awesome each in their own way. Like, you know, Binge, I mean, you see her struggle with not just an eating disorder, but with, you know, life choices, with alcohol, with with everything. And to the bone, like, you see this myriad of different types of eating disorders, different people, the effects that it has on your body from, you know, having a tube to, um, you know, how it affects a pregnancy. Again, like Nick said earlier, I found that extremely important. I'm so glad that they put that in there because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about eating disorders, but they don't, when they understand that an eating disorder exists, but they don't understand the toll that it takes on your body, on the inside, things you I got to be see. honest, it never occurred to me, and this is what, maybe I'm just, you know, a, a guy who doesn't get it, but when I thought eating disorders, I kind of thought the generalized, you know, younger girls, super skinny, like I had never even given thought to a pregnant woman having an eating disorder until I watched To The Bone. And that's why I think that film is so important because it does kind of open your mind and broaden the scope on the subject. Yeah, and both projects, I mean, really brought to light very different things, but very important things that are all kind of under this umbrella. And it's not just bulimia. It's not just anorexia. It is, you know, I was looking at different types of eating disorders and I was surprised to see that they have a nighttime eating disorder for people who just don't eat during the day and they eat at night. And, you know, I'm actually very guilty of that very frequently. I'll just forget to eat or I'm too busy or whatever. And before I know it, it's dinner time or it's, you know, four or five in the afternoon in the evening. And I'm like, crap, I didn't eat today, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I'll eat at night. And that's become actually a habit for me to just get my stuff during the day and then eat at night and not eat during the day. So I was looking at it going, wow, I really need to recognize unhealthy patterns and change that before it becomes, you know, a big issue. And, you know, I hurt myself. So doing the research for the show, like I adore both of you, um, both of your projects have really brought a lot of cool things to light, but it's also opened my eyes to be more aware of my behaviors and my patterns too. And I hope that whomever watches, and I recommend everybody watch both of these projects. Obviously, they're fantastic. I hope that they can also be introspective and look at maybe unhealthy patterns and say, mm, you know what, I could do better. So, and be, I think be, we be should healthy. all be doing that all the time, regardless what our struggles are, though, right? Right. Well, and when you were saying that, when you were talking about the, the negative light, like making the movie, I've gotten so many messages and comments about how positive it is, you know, how much they saw their story in it and how much it affected them. And like, that is worth, worth it for me. You know, like, yeah, like hope for themselves that they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And the work you guys are doing, let me end on this is so incredible. You know, I'm 46 years old and I, I'm not an old man, but as I'm pushing 50, I'm starting to think about legacy and, you know, and kind of like, how do I want people to remember me? What good did I do in this world? How do I want my children and my grandchildren to remember me? And you guys are laying the foundation for an incredible legacy. And when you're immersed in it, I'm sure, Rebecca, you don't wake up every day and go, wow, 100 years from now, like somebody's going to by then fuck holograms. They're going to watch holograms of me yeah. into the bone. And and somebody going through a similar struggle is going to get some 
something out of something I was a part of, you know, a hundred years prior. But when you put it in those terms, like it really is incredible the work you guys are doing. And the reason I do this show is in any show, any podcast, is to kind of showcase people who are doing things that are way above like what I'm doing. Like you guys are doing so much good just with these projects. Like it's great to have you on and kind of talk with you and let people see the other side and behind, you know, because there's probably people watching Ben who's like Angela's probably like that right now in real life off the rails. And I like giving the opportunity for everybody to tell their story. So I want to thank both of you guys for calling in today and for being part of these projects and Angela for creating that project and telling your story. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And before we go, you guys have to tell us where we can find you. Rebecca, first, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, at Rebecca Kennedy, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, for anyone that tries to spell it wrong. Um, and I'm on Instagram, at Becca, B-E-K-A-H-K, because my name was taken, sadly. And then I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah. And Crust, what's going on with that? Oh, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I think they're still in the raising funds stage. Ah, so okay. fingers, fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. We'll put information on the notes where you can find Angela. I always mm-hmm. put the links in everybody's stuff anyways, because we got to get out of here and we're going to play some B squid who is a great, I can't believe I, she's been around for years. I can't believe I've never heard of her. Um, she is a, just a great artist, and I'm going to end the show with that, if you can, D. Rebecca, thanks again for calling in. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too.